Was I wrong? You were was not it, wrong. Okay, that was a lot of you inclusion. You clearly had read that a ahead of time. A lot of inclusion coming up for us there. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, I mean, I love the reading from Colossians. The whole book of Colossians is an incredible book. And in it, Paul is constantly trying to help people grasp just the largeness of Christ and that reality. And so we heard so much of it there. It's all this and all the power and all the glory and the firstborn of all creation. And so it also is a reminder to us of the many different ways we can connect with Christ. That it's not a one-size-fits-all way of understanding Jesus, but there's actually lots of different ways that people might understand Jesus' work, his ministry, and what resonates with them. And so we're going to kind of play into that here today. We're going to have a little bit of fun. If you'll look at the illustrator with me, coming up here is going to be a word cloud. Uh, Maybe. Or maybe not. And what we want you to do is if you look at the front of your bulletin, there's an email address where you can email in any titles for Jesus that you might know or that are important to you. We've been collecting these all throughout the week leading up to today. So we've got a bunch to put up there. But if you have more that you want to add, feel free to send them along. That'll start to populate in a little bit here as they kind of figure out the technical side of things. But here's the reason that we're doing this. When we see that it appears on screen, probably someone's going to write king because it's Christ the King Sunday, and that's Somebody great. at least, at least one of you, please do <laughs> please King. Please write King, because um, we're going to talk about that a lot. But the other point, you're going to see all sorts of other phrases, Redeemer and Savior, Son of God, Son of Man, all these other items that appear in the scriptures, and that's because all of it can be held in this place. Jesus is the God of all of us. Christ is the King for all of us, but in the same sense, we might just have different ways of connecting with Jesus, different ways of understanding that relationship, And that's okay. All of it can be held here at church. All of it can be held, because I think that's kind of the reality Jesus was wanting to create. One where people are together, where all is held together, even if we might disagree, even if we might have slightly different understandings. And when you talk about all being held together, what I'm I'm conscious of is in the midst of that Colossians passage that Anne read for us, the way that The way that collected, it seemed all of the glory was being collected, but it didn't end that way. The words that it ended with were, I have them here still, Mm -mm. Uh, from Colossians, it said that, and through, you know, through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Mm. And I thought, wow, now that's an ending. That's a way to say all of this comes together and culminates through the peace that comes but through the blood of Jesus on the cross. And I like the fact that on Christ the King Sunday, we don't end with this passage that's filled all with glory necessarily, but we end with the cross because we should be drawn there as a way of understanding that's where true power actually resided. The true power that resided in the cross was the power of ultimate authority. And that's such the juxtaposition of a feeling like it was the ultimate place where authority was stripped away. And yet we find out that it was the ultimate place that that authority was given. And in fact, a place where we kind of hear this concept of king being talked about. And I love the way you've just set that up for me. Thank you very much. Uh, Because we get this idea of king in a different perspective. Right. Right? Like that's a very different understanding of king is the cross as revealing the kingship of Jesus. And and I feel like that's important because the term king is kind of hard for us to even resonate with here in 2022. Uh, You might remember something called 
You heard about this in history class, the Revolutionary War, right? We, we literally fought a war in this country so that we would not have a king any longer. And so that is a very antiquated, outdated title. We don't have a king that we're constantly worried about presiding over us. And I think that's just important to recognize is that this is a term that clearly we're encouraged to think about a little bit differently on Christ the King Sunday. And so I have another history lesson for you. I promise this will be the last one, uh, but you might have one later. I, I might. <laughs> the establishment of Christ the King Sunday was a very recent phenomenon. Christ the King Sunday was not implemented in a part of the church calendar until 1925. It is less than 100 years old. Other celebrations like Ash Wednesday or All Saints Day, Christmas and Easter, those have been around in the church yeah, for thousands of years. Luther's but Christ day. the King Sunday is less than 100 years old. So I wanted to do a little research about this. Oh, hey, our word cloud came up. Now, that's good. Nice. nice. All right. So nice. you can so you start see. to see and follow along. Perfect. You'll probably see King up there. And let me explain. Christ the King Sunday was started by Pope Pius XI. He was the Catholic Pope in 1925. And as you might know, the Pope usually lives in Vatican City, which is in Italy. And so at that time, there was an individual in Italy named Mussolini, who was rising to power and was trying to establish for himself a dictatorship in Italy. And so Pope Pius XI established this Sunday, this celebration, to remind us that Christ is our king, not any sort of earthly leader. That our allegiance ultimately needs to be to Jesus and not to any other person, any other celebrity, politician, or otherwise within the earthly realm. And what's so cool about that, as they established it then, and then, you know, we're on a three-year cycle, but the cycle of Luke, they really looked at this opportunity to bring out this message of king. And we hear that in ways that, that we might not have thought about necessarily. What I like is the fact that two people in the midst of that crucifixion story that we have in Luke actually told the truth without realizing how much they were telling the truth. The first one, I think, was Pilate, where Pilate had put the sign up above Jesus that said, this is the king of the Jews. And I think really what Pilate had in mind there was to create this power dynamic that he would let people know, if you think you have a king, you Jews, let me show you what happens to your king as he's hanging there on a cross. So I think mm. Pilate was really trying to establish the kingship of Rome at the time by putting that title up. But in so doing, Pilate actually told the truth that he did not even realize that he was telling. And the other was the criminal that was hanging there. Other people had come by, they had jeered at Jesus. Oh, if you're the king, save yourself. And they were using that as a, as a way of, of mocking him and so forth. But then the one criminal really has a very direct ask for Jesus. He says, hey, if you're the Messiah, save yourself and us as a way of that. Now, here's my little history lesson, because I want I one I knew too. you'd have one, is I knew you'd have one. Messiah, <laughs> when we hear that from somebody who's talking to Jesus on the cross and he's invoking the Messiah, he's not invoking just any king. He's taking us back to David. Mm. David was the king that everybody expected to really return to give Israel the glory that they had during the reign of King David. So what the, 
what the criminal on the cross was asking for was this messianic, this Messiah figure for Jesus to fully embody that, which meant Jesus would fully embody power, powerful enough to get himself off the cross. Oh, and by the way, take me with you. Now, again, mm -hmm. I don't think the first criminal knew what he was actually saying. But when he said to Jesus, save yourself and us, Jesus' answer to that was actually to stay on the cross. Mm. That's how Jesus offered us ultimate salvation, was not by coming down from the cross, but choosing to stay on the cross. And this, uh, this criminal kind of invoking the Messiah, this savior that he was looking for, actually told the truth about who Jesus was even on the cross. It's such a great illustration of exactly what we're talking about, of the ways that we have a concept of what a king might be today. And it's all powerful and it's controlling. And, and in those days, right, a great military leader who will restore the kingdom of Israel. And Jesus portrays something different. Christ is our king, but in a much different way. And I love that you brought up the first criminal because it's the second criminal on the cross that also really helps us to see this point. Both of the criminals ask Jesus to save them. The first one says, hey, save yourself and save us. Get down off the cross. But as you said, Jesus has a better way. Yeah. And it's the second criminal who, who is incredibly humble in his conversation with Christ there. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's portraying to us this, this path of humility, this path of faith, of letting go and trusting Jesus to do what's needed and what's right. That's what it means for Christ to be our king. It might not be power and authority like yeah. we recognize. It might be dying on a cross. In fact, it is dying on a cross where Christ is revealed to us as king. And it's our trust in that, our faith that that's more than enough. Yeah. And you know what it is? I think it's the fact that we're willing to be in that relationship. Because for us mm. to be in a relationship with Jesus means that we understand Jesus has some kind of authority for our life. And really, if we think about it, the whole church year that we go through is about finding those ways that we are in relationship to Jesus. And part of that is just depicted on something like a word cloud. Yeah. When, we, when we talk about it, as you've submitted those titles for Jesus throughout the week and maybe even a few yet this morning, they bring to us ways that we connect in to Jesus. So now I realize as we've been submitting them over and over and over again, they might be a little, a little small to read every single one, but there are probably like three in there that you can identify with. So I'm gonna give you like nine seconds to identify three ways that you would want to say, this is how I find myself in relationship with Jesus. And then we're all gonna speak them out loud, but just get three in your head right now. Take a few seconds. Okay, now we're gonna speak those out loud. The way we connect with Jesus is as teacher, son of God, Prince of Peace, healer, Savior. king of kings. See, that's what it means to be the people of Jesus. That would, that's what it means to get connected into him. We do that in so many ways. But in the end, there is one ultimate way that we find ourselves in relationship with Jesus. We find ourselves willingly serving God, willingly serving Jesus in all of the dimensions that Jesus has been revealed to us. And in the midst of that, it seems like there's no other 
way that we could bring all of that together than simply to say this. We choose, we choose to be servants of Christ, the King. Amen.